Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Hello, calm parents. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. If you have an overachieving, stressed out teen who is crumbling under the weight of their own high expectations and self-inflicted pressure, this episode is for you. Today, I'm joined by teen takeoff coach Donovan Dreyer, who specializes in preparing highly driven teens to accomplish their lofty life goals. Through his organization, Get Ready Coaching, Donovan helps overachieving students to get clarity on what they truly want and minimize their constant need to be perfect at everything. Welcome, Donovan. I'm so happy you could join us today. Thank you, Dr. Cam. Yeah, I really appreciate the invitation, too. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So first, tell us, how did you get started helping overachieving, stressed out teens? Yeah, well, I mean, I've had to do everything under the sun as a school counselor. So I've done that for 20 years. And uh, yeah, I did 17 years at the high school level, three at the elementary school level. So there's really like this cool spectrum I've got now of understanding of how this all kind of starts and keeps, uh, you know, like rolling along. And uh, yeah, I think with having to do everything, I really found a a lane for those kind of kids that actually get maybe a little underserved. Because I think with school counselors, just so many little little fires to put out with Mm -hmm. kids that are, um, you know, just really right there in front of you to say, okay, there's a definite need there. But kids have all A pluses. It's like, you're fine, man. There's nothing wrong. But uh, I think as a school counselor, that's definitely something I noticed is those are some of the most stressed kids, not the least. And the kid with the all Fs is like, I'm all Fs and I'm good. (laughs) It's whatever. So yeah, the, you know, ironically, the ones that you think should be a little bit more nervous are less. Um, But we do get kind of pulled and those kids are super receptive that have those good grades to uh, being poured into, but there's just not there's not the kind of time you'd want as a school counselor to actually do that work as much as you'd like, because they're so, you know, ready and hungry and thirsty. And, you know, they have the desire to do special things in the world and they're driven and competitive. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just came out of that desire to say, all right, well, these are the future leaders. You know, they're really good at following that rubric. How do we get, get them to be more of a leader? And I think I look around the world and the things that we have that we have as needs in society, it would be really nice to get these kids uh, to be more open to taking those risks without freaking out and getting mm. even more stressed. So it's like this healthy balance and it does take some support and some coaching. And so I've really developed a program that's really in that lane of those kids who do really want more and they want to break free of just following rubrics and they want to break free of the conform to the norm syndrome yeah. and do something special in the world. That's what really appeals to me now for coaching. That's amazing. And so I, I want to kind of draw what you said too, is that these kids that are getting all good grades, we tend to think good grades are a sign of good mental health. And so we're like, yeah, those kids are fine. They don't need help. And we do, we focus so much on the kids that are struggling in school and the kids are, and I meet with a lot of kids 
a lot of them are straight A students or struggling now with their grades and used to be straight A students. And the pressure that they're putting on themselves is profound. The amount, I was talking to one teen yesterday and I was like, the amount of shoulds you're piling on yourself, I'm not surprised you have trouble breathing. Like panic attacks constantly. And so much of the things that she was stressing about were things that she was putting on herself because she thought she had to do this. So, and then the parents are like, I'm telling them no, that that's not needed, but they're not getting through. So what's happening? Why are these kids putting so much pressure on themselves? Well, I don't think they exist in like these little airtight compartments of their own life. You know, they exist in a society, they exist in a family. And I think a lot of that is actually, you know, you might say one thing as a parent, but a lot of times what we do speak so loudly, they can't hear a word we say, you know? So I think one place to look is, okay, you're saying that, but what are you role modeling? You know, I know myself, it's hard to, you know, say, oh, put your phone down. It's like, dad, you know, let's check your hours on the, on the phone. Five right. hours per day. Look at that, dad. Five hours per day, buddy. So yeah, most of it on but, TikTok. Right? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. So um, I think there's that. So that, that's one source, but, you know, internally just, it's like the self-talk. I, I definitely know, um, you know, self-talk is one thing, like just what you're thinking, but the self-talk that's out loud that's what I think really starts to, um, you know, spin itself into this kind of negative spiral. So I think when they are, um, you know, just starting with what's going on inside internally, we can't hear that, but we can start to hear it with these little things they say out loud. And I think it's, it's tough as the parent to kind of come in and do that. But as a coach, that's definitely one thing that I'm all over. There's a really good book that I like that uh, really, you know, focuses on how important and how impactful that is to kind of eliminate that negative. And mm-hmm. so that's definitely one thing I like to focus on as a coach is just like, watch what you say. And it's a lot easier coming from a coach than it is from the parent. Um, and so I'd say for parents, maybe don't do that. Maybe just make sure you're not saying things negative out loud or complaining about the news or complaining about this, that, and the other, because those kind of negativity vibes, I think in the environment, is something that kind of seeps in and makes them feel like, okay, you know, I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I've got to do more. And, uh, you know, oh, why didn't you get that one thing right on the question, on the test? You missed one. What, what went wrong there? Like, Hey man, what went right on 25, 24 of those right. is, is maybe a way to look at it too. So I can talk a little bit more about that, but go ahead. Dr. No, I think that's right. Well, the first thing is you mentioned a book. What book are you talking about? Yeah. So it's, uh, it takes what it takes by Trevor Moad. Uh, you know, I think he drops a couple of uh, expletives in there, but for the most part, the big idea of the book is that, or the one thing that I'm plucking out from the book is that the law of attraction people talk about a lot, but the law of repulsion or the, the law of attraction on negativity is like 40 to 70 times more strong. Mm. And they don't have a lot of research, you know, that backs up the the positiveness of just kind of like, oh, I'm not good at this, but I'm just going to say that I am like those kind of things are actually a little bit toxic. He works with a lot of athletes and the athlete can't shoot the left-hand layup and they can't just tell themselves I'm great at left-hand layups. They've got to actually strategize. Well, how am I going to get better at those and actually have a neutral strategy to improve? Um, But a lot of times they just spin out of control of, oh, I threw two bad passes or I did this wrong or that wrong. And they just perseverate on that. 
And then if somebody comes along and says, oh, just be positive and just, you know, try and imagine that you're great at that. Well, no, we need to break that down and then get neutral to say, this is what you need to do. And this is what you need to practice and work on. So great book. And that's one of the big ideas is that the power of negativity is super attractive, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Our brains naturally go to the negative. And when I, when I talk to these kids that are stressed out beyond belief and putting all this pressure on themselves, the one thing I hear over and over again is they are so focused on all the areas that they aren't enough in. And it's like a laundry list of everything. And these are like straight A students excelling, like all this stuff. And these kids feel like they're, they're clawing and trying to get everything in and feeling like they need to achieve at everything because no matter what they achieve, it still doesn't feel, make them feel like they're enough. And so I think one of the, one of the concerns that I see with them is how do we help as parents, how do we help these kids understand that they're enough just as they are? And it's not about their worth isn't based on their achievement. And I think so many of these kids have this belief that their worth is all about achievement. How, how do we break that? Well, I guess, you know, the example that I, that comes to mind as a teacher at the first high school that I worked at and on the full other side of the spectrum, she worked with the kids who had behavior issues, maybe even legal issues and everybody had already given up on them completely. But, uh, kid after kid, after kid, after kid, that just kind of fits the, uh, the MO of kids that wouldn't graduate, kept graduating and graduating and graduating. Mm -hmm under her guidance. So she's a special ed teacher and she just did this simple plan on, on supporting the positive behavior. So just looking and spotting these things that are going right. You know, you don't see that in the news. We don't see that anywhere. Oh, these are the 55 things that went right today. And here's the one thing that went wrong today. That doesn't happen on the news. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about from the social media world and society is that there's a lot of inputs on pointing out the things that are wrong. And that's what makes news. So she just made it newsworthy and she'd pull the kids out in the hall. And like the very first time they're like, oh no, here we go again, whatever. Let me just go out there with the teacher. And then she'd just drop something on them that she noticed that was awesome. And then she just did that again and again and again. And like setting goals for them too. Like we're going to have a party in the classroom and make a big Thanksgiving meal if we can all do this, this, and this. And so they would chart how they're doing on their goals and just really gave them something to shoot for in life that fit them and wasn't like too much of a stretch. But the bottom line, I think was just, she pointed out the, the positives much, much more than the negatives. And so she was living and being that type of person that would role model uh, the ability to point out what's going right. And, uh, you know, so I think that's one piece for sure. Now, how do you relate that to a perfectionist though, that is so focused on what they're doing right in those achievements that they start thinking that they need more and more of those, that positive feedback and those achievements and that it's never enough because it's almost the opposite with them is that we're pointing out all the time though, you know, we're focused so much on look what your grade is, look what you did. Like, this is what makes you awesome. This is what makes you awesome. And I see, and it, it's a hard balance for parents because yeah. we want to say we're proud of you. We want to encourage them to do well. But I also think we lose a balance where we're so focused on 
looking at and, and congratulating them on their successes that they're now terrified to fail, then they're terrified because now, you know, moms, they're going to be disappointed in me now because they're expecting me to succeed all the time. And I see these kids under so much pressure because they don't want to disappoint their parents who are so proud of their achievements. So sure. how do we balance that? Well, I think, you know, this conform to the norm syndrome probably is one of the clues. Like the kids I work with, I actually have them, you know, oftentimes have them try experiments that they're probably not going to, it's probably not going to work out the first time. Like somebody that wants to do something, they're just like rapidly, I'm going to do something for the community and uh, maybe, maybe not. And, you know, so there's one, one student I'm thinking of that went after it and uh, then it didn't work. You know, she wanted to do something to do presentations to classrooms and it didn't work, got shot down, or she just sort of like lost the steam with it. And, uh, you know, so actually just like cheering them on for trying to. So if they're actually doing something and it flops, you know, we can give them the thumbs up even on the flops as well for not knowing they can get the A or setting up situations where they can't get the A. So I think we have too little failure for kids that get the good grades. And, uh, you know, that means they're going to start to conform more and more and more and more. The problem with that is you grow up and I've worked with adults too. Now as a coach in, in my um, last few, four, three, four years, and they're like at this point where they've got this midlife crisis of like, this isn't fulfilling. I don't have personal mm -hmm. freedom. I want to do something meaningful. Well, a long time ago, they just got in the rut of settling for what they were used to and the familiar and what they could succeed at. So they weren't sticking their neck out anymore. So I think encouraging kids to do things that set up, you know, failure on purpose, like yes. do it on purpose. And then like, way to go for trying, you know, and, and that could be, like I said, this example, um, that flopped. Then later on, she tried another thing and it wasn't there yet. And then ultimately we realized, Hey, you know what, this is going to be maybe better. If you pair up with somebody, you don't have to do it all on your own. You got a buddy that's doing something similar. You want to do something. Why don't you two come together? And like, that was gold. And that ended up being like a collaborative victory too. So instead of just thinking, I got to do it all on my own, cause I'm amazing. Yeah. It ended up being like, wow, I, I wouldn't have thought of connecting and connecting was the answer, not victory and success. So maybe we got to find other measures besides grades, other measures besides success, and uh, also just go ahead and set up purposeful failures where we don't have to have failure be final either. It's okay to like iterate. I think in this next generation, they're going to have to adapt more. They're going to have to understand that they're going to need to recreate whatever they started. And we can't get it perfect. There's no way. The world's changing too fast. There's just next version Apple 14 or iPhone 14 coming. Right. And that's, that's the nature of things. But I think there's a disconnect there that we've got to make a connection on. Yeah, I think this whole idea of failure is such a tricky thing because I see parents punishing and getting angry at their kids for failing. Um, and so this does set this precedent that failing is really bad. And failing creates pain and shame and all of these things. And so they're so afraid of doing that and yet unsure of themselves that they're going to succeed that a lot of them just stop. A lot of them just freeze or they're so frenetic about, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, if I don't do this or I don't do that and my grade drops a little bit, what is that going to be mean? And they're, they're just 
everything about them is to trying to avoid this failure, which they have been told is bad to fail, like bad grades, bad, what's wrong with you? Bad, you know, you said something in, in an incorrect way. That's bad, right? You made a choice that was wrong. That's bad. And we just hear this over and over again. And so now kids either are so stressed out that they try to do everything perfect so that they're not disappointing their parents or they completely give up. And I'm seeing both of those extremes a lot. So we're talking about these perfectionist kids because I think, again, a lot of times parents are like, oh, they're so overachieving, they're going to be fine. When in fact, they're putting so much pressure on themselves and they're not fine. They're really not fine. They're struggling a lot. How can we tell when our kids who seem on the outside to be highly achieving, when can we tell that they're really struggling? Yeah, one thing, you know, one thing I do is I've created a way to kind of just get a simple measure of that. It's this um, idea of a traffic light. So, you know, for me, what I basically have kids do is tell me where they are. So at the green level, you know, this is the idea of like, we don't need to helicopter, they can self-regulate, they've got this, they've got it covered, so to speak. So we can just ask them, you know, um, and then when they get to the yellow level, we got to build up and beef up their support system. So it's the people in the everyday life that are helpful in that area. So just kind of beefing up that area as much as possible, lower on the pressures, the other peers, you know, not having your four best buddies to be like the first place person, second place, first, third, fourth, fifth place person on the, on the list to win valedictorian, but mixing it up with your support system. So that you've got people surrounding you that are actually helping you lower that pressure. And what I call it is greening the inner world. So we've got to actually build those things in proactively, the support system. Um, and then on the self-regulation, some kids are just missing that green level ability to handle their stuff. So working on those self-regulation ideas, even just as simple as breathing, um, you know, for me, yoga has been a big savior. And so helping kids figure out what's going to give them that stress reduction. It's almost always music. Music is huge. Music for is, yeah, that's what I yeah. hear across the board. Most do not like breathing. Breathing right, right, does yeah. not. And I've tried it with a lot of kids and a lot of kids have even told me that it makes them more stressed yeah. to try to manage their breathing. I'm like, okay, sure. that. Music's a winner though. Music's music, a winner. And then music like always my, is a winner. My middle daughter is probably the most of my three daughters, you know, kind of this, this type of student and that she creates the vibe of her room or she goes to a place. Mm. If she does have to study for her AP classes, she goes to the, uh, the coffee shop. Cause it's just a comfortable vibe. She likes it there. And, um, and then same thing with her room, just de- really developing that into a place where even the cats like to hang out there more than anywhere else in the house. Right. So, you know, the environment's important, the support system's important, or, you know, it could be as simple as music. Some kids do some journaling too. So there's some good, you know, cool notebooks that you can get and um, kids like that too. But really the music's the biggest one for sure over the years, you know, hands down. And then finally, you know, if it's really that emergency level, sometimes we can't spot that. So when we go green to yellow to red, if we're in the red, sometimes we can't spot that and go get help. And there's also a stigma around getting help. And plus, mm-hmm. I'm the great student. How am I supposed to go to the school counselor? Yeah. Um, I shouldn't have problems. I should do this, 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 and this. And I shouldn't have problems. I'm telling you, Donovan, that's a huge one that kids don't tell their parents that they're struggling because they don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. them because they should have it together. It's a right. big one from I've heard. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's dangerous. I mean, literally like in my career, we've lost kids, you know, there's been completed suicide. So it's a a very, very scary one, but sometimes they just can't see that. So we've got to spot these signs for them sometimes. Um, And when they keep packing on the pressure, packing on the stress and it's spinning out of control. I mean, I could see, I also see this four year progression, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, really clearly. And like junior year is definitely the peak year for the stress. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> with my middle daughter, I, we, we did have a lot of talks about like, let's shape this year into something that's doable and not beyond doability. And here's where you cross that line. So it helps that I know that from a lot of experience of where is crossing that line. Uh, and same thing if kids are, you, you just kind of can see sleep patterns change, eating patterns change, just behaviors change, dress you know, sometimes that's just their personality developing. So yeah. we don't want to be totally overbearing, but that's, you know, we've talked about that. That's a yeah. conversation for another time on the parenting side, but definitely we might need to spot it for them. And if yeah. we spot it for them, we might not be able to be the one that comes on in, in to the rescue. Cause if kids are in the red, it's time for uh, counseling and therapy. If kids are not in the red, but they're heading toward it, then we might need somebody from the outside, you know, an outside objective person. That's why you have the work that you do. I have the work that I do is it's just so much more powerful to have somebody be that, you know, outside resource. Cause I'm working with one right now from another country and mom's super happy that there's just some other lifeline besides mm-hmm. her over here in this, in the U S he's happy because he's 19 now. So he's like, well, I don't want her to even hear about this stuff that I'm confronting in college I at know. all. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So I got somebody else, you know, in my back pocket too. So yeah. it's, a, it's a nice don't double care. win to have an outside objective person who's got some expertise. Yeah. So we've got, I, I love the traffic light idea because it really simplifies this um, and which is all we want, right? We don't want overcomplication, yeah. but what are some signs that our kids might be in the yellow, which is the, it's time to get them. It's not emergency, but it's time to look for probably some support. How yeah, the do we things know that, that usually work aren't working. I mean, there's really clear definitive lines. So the cool thing about simple things is that they can be very profound because we can use them and everybody understands them. Like at the intersection, I'm not going if it's red and this other person can go on the other perpendicular right. side because it's green and they know they can trust me because we all understand that simple language. And it keeps everybody safe on the roads. And so in our inner world, it also keeps us safe too. So the green just means I can self-regulate. My music Mm -hmm. is working, let's say, okay? So if the music's not working and they don't have anything else up their sleeve or they don't want to have anything else up their sleeve, then that's literally when they cross into yellow specifically. And this is when the support system's needed. And you'll just see like it's whatever usually is working, it's not working anymore. Yeah. And then if they do have that, you know, support system in place, and they've got people they can turn to, they'll be turning to them. They'll be talking to their older sister, they'll be talking to their best friend, Uh, they'll be reaching out to somebody that they do trust. So this whole support system is people that they trust, that aren't going to sell them out. Because sometimes if it's your, you know, high school buddy, one day, they're your friend, next day, they're not. And all of a sudden, that person that's getting your inner world green is actually taking it towards the red. So you can just sort of see these escalations too. Um, it can become like they're a little bit shorter tempered. You know, they're getting a little mad a little bit faster. And I know that can happen any five minutes. So that's, mm-hmm. it's, it is not easy. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like this is, I take on tough challenges because I love kind of solving these tougher things, but just, I think regularly just 
having them understand like there is a system that's really simple. You know, how are you doing? Are you able to handle it? They'll just give you the straight up answer usually, or they'll give an outside resource person a straight right. up answer. Yeah. It might be the school counselor, yeah. it might be the uncle. They're going to give somebody the straight answer. Um, and then if they're in the yellow and you're not sure, what I teach friends in the high school for each other is when we do a high five and say what's up in the hallway, we're not really checking in with each other. But if you ask them, how are you really doing every once in a while, again, even your friends, you can't like make these things have yeah. no meaning, but every once in a while, it's just like, yeah, you know, I'm your teenager. I'm a teenager. I know there's no way you're just like, I'm fine. I'm good. But it's been a long time since we really sat down and talked. How are you really doing? Yeah. You know, let's talk at lunch. Let's just, you know, I see, see how each other's really doing these days. Um, so I think for each other, that's kind of the system in the yellow is a deeper check-in is simply, how are you really doing? Yeah. And then they could say, I'm fine. But the thing that does is it opens the door to, well, somebody asked the question that's kind of code word for, I really care. So at least somebody really cares. I'm still not going to open up, but at least somebody cares. And that's kind of a proactive way to send that message. Parents yeah. can do that too. Well, and I wanted to say like, ideally, and what, you know, I I'm all about, but I know we, we work with this too, is that I want the parents to have that ability to connect and help their kids because they're the ones that are always there. And how beautiful is it when the kids feel safe enough to talk to their parents about it? And it's a hard thing to create. It's, it's, a, it's a hard, it's not impossible by any means. And I think parents just don't know how to do it, but once they know how to do it, it actually is not that hard, which surprisingly, I think we just don't know. But to be able to be that person that your kid can turn to and say, I'm, I'm struggling right now and feel safe telling you that and you knowing what to do is so big, but having, if that's not the case, having someone out that a teacher, a counselor, as some, you know, a youth leader, somebody that they feel comfortable being able to talk to and open up to that they feel like they're not going to be judged or criticized and that they can just be, um, is so important. I think so many of these kids, all they need, all they need is for somebody yeah, to I've listen seen, to them. It's it all they need. One sometimes, but I do feel like, you know, they, there's like that cliche saying that you are the company you keep or the five people that you surround yourself with, but these things we can be proactive with. So on the left-hand side of my chart, I've got the sources of stress, the signs of stress and the sources of support, but we don't need to wait till there's a problem and they're out of the green zone. We can proactively fill in this support system. We can think about, no, I don't trust Susie, but I do trust Teresa. I would not tell Teresa this, or I would not tell Susie this, but I would tell Teresa. So we can really think about who actually exists in there. We can actually beef that up and say, let's make a list of uh, five. Okay, you got five. Let's make a list of 10. Let's make a list of 20. You know, really think about creating this support system and Parents can have these conversations with the uncle too, or the aunt or whoever else to say, look, you know, I want you to be one of these lifelines, one of these support system people, would you be? And they're like, no, I, I can't do that. I, I'm just too busy and teenagers freak me out. Or yeah, I got a good connection. I'm good. That's great. I'd love to be. And yeah, just let them know. So the, the parents can only do so much. And I definitely would say I wouldn't give them any piece of advice to say today. And I'm probably, you know, I know you're, you're good with this too. It's about the listening, you know? Yes. So the piece of advice to say would be like, Hmm, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, don't even ask a question. Just like, if you pick your spot and they're like saying something, just use these babies right here. And I that's, know. 
one of the big secrets to say, well, how do you get them to be more receptive? How do you set that up with these? We need to use our ears more. Yes. And I, I feel like that is, I mean, every person I talk to, that's what I, you know, about this that works with teenagers, all the work I do. That is what I tell parents. I go, if you own one skill that you're going to develop as a parent, it's going to have the biggest impact on your kid. It's learning to listen to them. And a lot of parents don't listen to me. <laughs> I mean, they just don't listen to me. They're like, I mean, I know. Um, so it's like, okay. Um, but the parents that do are just blown away by how much of a difference it makes. No matter where their kids are on the scale of um, connection with them, even if they feel it. And I've had parents that say, I had given up. I'd resigned myself that I just wasn't going to have a relationship with my son. Like it wasn't going to happen and have learned to listen. And all of a sudden, like what? Because that's all their kids want from you. It's all they want from you. Right. Absolutely. So I love this. So I love the traffic light. I think that's really great because it helps us just think about where are our kids and it helps us kind of phrase it to our kids. Where are you? Like, yeah. where are you on this kind of simple scale? It's easier for them to process. They'll be more honest. You know, if you get familiar with a tool like this, yeah. they'll be more honest than you think they would be, you know? And it's, I mean, I think a lot of times that, uh, like we said, this is a topic for another, another time, but definitely with there's thing, there's do's and don'ts for parents and there's ways we can open up. And then if the parents won't listen to the idea of listening, okay, then you're kind of <laughs> out of luck with one of the most important ones, but yeah, yeah. That's, that's something to explore further another time, but just putting the pressure on themselves. You know, I, I think there is just so many different inputs that tell them that they should do the shoulds. And uh, you know, we've got to actually, yeah, I, I think watch how much of those inputs that they're getting and we ourselves can control those more uh, it's not what we say, it's what we're doing. So we've got to notice those spots too. Just notice those spots because they're not going to just, your ears aren't magical. Like they're just going to work all the time. But if you kind of get that inkling, like, oh, here's one of those moments and uh, it's in the car, or it's at the table or wherever it is, be ready that you might get those two, three, four minutes and it's going to be pure gold for let their stress reduction. And uh, they need you to be that. But then I would also say beef up that support system, especially for those high achieving kids so that they've got other people to turn to when the music's yeah. not working, the environment, you know, their surroundings are super important. So making that kind of a nice, warm, fuzzy vibe, you know, I definitely feel like that might not be uh, for everybody, but I know that's really, really helped my middle daughter. She just loves her room. The cats love her room. Everybody just loves <laughs> the vibe of that room. And uh, yeah, and finding other outlets for expression, I think would be the last one too, where it's not... Mm -hmm a success measure. It's just, Hey, I just want to do something to cut loose, have fun, express myself and get out of the school mode of I'm tired and I'm bored and I'm stressed and do something just pure fun and energizing. What? And do something <laughs> just for fun? Yeah. That'd be the thing I uh, really <laughs> like to close with is just, you got to do stuff just for fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, for no reason, we don't need a reason for it. Right. It's just got to be fit in. Yeah, I love that. So Donovan, how do people find you? Yeah, my website's uh, getreadycoaching.com. 
and uh, they can get get a hold of me through there. I'm also I'm also on most socials, including TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm on my phone with five hours a day. <laughs> I know, right? uh, but yeah, I, I do uh, post on TikTok, and then I post that over to Instagram, and I post that over to Facebook. So I'm on most social. I post it on LinkedIn too. So people can <laughs> get a hold of me pretty much anywhere, and I'm happy to reach out and uh, you know start things off. Just you know a conversation. I don't charge for my initial sessions. And to start off with a you know conversation and happy to help people in the world. Yeah, and you help mainly the kids. Uh, mainly, yeah. My 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 uh, program that I have, my group coaching program, I have that designed, and I've just run it a couple of times so far. Mainly working with kids individually, but I've worked with families. That's mm-hmm. mainly locally here, like you know, at their house, getting together with the whole family and uh, do some work with families. I've worked with only parents. I work with parents and kids. I actually did my group the very, very first time in town with kids and parents together, mm, uh, which was awkwardly awesome. <laughs> so we really got some good stuff going there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly, uh, you know, my idea is to keep growing the group program so that kids can connect around the mm. world. And it's not counseling and therapy. It's really just, you know, working on skills and abilities. And so it's a nice way for kids to connect with each other. And I really have a great vision for just getting that out there more and more and more because it's not common for kids to use life coaches. I put out a survey a couple of times and it's like near zero, how many people are using a life coach to get help with their, with their teens. And uh, it's just not that first thing thought of, but uh, I'm here to change that. And I I think it is changing. I think it is is changing. I think people are realizing that's helpful. So any parting words of encouragement for parents with teens before we close out? Yeah, I think just reiterating the listening, the power of that. And it's like, again, we don't have the magic ears. It's pick your spots, notice those moments, and then beef up their support outside of you. It doesn't have to be a coach. It doesn't have to be anything that you invest in, but do that proactively. Be intentional about it. Talk to the you know, the person that you see, like the teacher. It's not just like, how are they doing on their grades? Hey, what kind of connection do they have with you? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It seems like they have the best connection with you from their conversations too. Hey, is it, if, if it's okay, like they have more of a connection with you than the school counselor, could they actually, you know, could you be a little bit little more of a listening ear for them and, you know, open to that connection if they need a little bit more mentoring beyond just uh, English Lang, uh, you know, so be proactive with it and set mm-hmm. up those connections. Um, and then you can coach them to do the same thing. Look, I don't want to meddle in your life, but what you do need is a great support system. Some of your friends are going to push your stress high. Some of them you know, are going to help you green your inner world. So you need to get find, find people that are actually going to be beneficial to you. So you can also just say, hey, you know, I, I think you um, could really benefit from adding more people in your world outside of me. I've yeah. yapped at you enough. But what do you think about Uncle Steve? What do you think about Aunt Susie? What about your friend? How's Teresa versus uh, Sarah? You know, would you trust both of them equally? Trust them less? You know, so they they actually can be just directed that way a little bit proactively so that you're not trying to like set up these connections in a weird way. But you definitely also as the parent can, you know, look to bend the ear of a, of a teacher or a coach or somebody that you know that's got that special connection. And if especially if you're noticing something that's off, that's the person to go to and say, hey, what do you think? Am I just reading into things too much? And they might be like on the verge of talking to the school counselor about something they're worried about too. And then, you know, so just keeping those lines of communication open in their support network and keeping them more open in the home with the ears and just spotting those opportunities. That's amazing. Thank you, Donovan, so much. I'm so grateful you could join us today. Thank you for the invite, Dr. Cam. 
Absolutely. And thank you, parents, for taking time out of your busy day to spend with us. If you want to learn more about how to help your teens thrive, you can grab my top 10 secrets for raising teens at askdrcam.com slash parenting tips. Finally, if you enjoyed this episode and the helpful strategies Donovan shared with us, please take a quick moment to rate and review. This helps other parents like you find the show. I encourage you to share it with a friend as well. Until next time, have a peaceful, positive, calm day. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.